Well, good morning. Welcome. Uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect. Uh, whether you're joining us in person this morning, I know we've got folks who are watching online right now. Thank you so much for making Connect a part of your day. Uh, I hope you'll be uh, blessed and challenged by what we're going to talk about this morning. We're actually, um, we've been talking about bumper stickers the last few weeks here at Connect, and you might think, well, why on earth would you be talking about bumper stickers in church? I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute, but because we've been talking about this topic, this subject of bumper stickers for a few weeks now, uh, those that attend regularly have been on the lookout for some good ones. I'll get texts during the week of different people saying, hey, check out the bumper sticker I just saw, or check out the decal on the back of this, this van that I just saw, and, and one friend of mine, uh, his family, they took a trip to uh, just outside of Branson, Missouri, and uh, a few weeks ago, he texted me just during the week. He's like, hey, we were in a parking lot today, saw a sticker in a car window, thought of you and the series you're teaching on, and thought, man, Dave would love this one. So this is the picture they sent. Uh, that's the queen, in case you don't recognize that wonderful lady there. She is in the back of the car, just waving away. Crazy part of the story is, I bet it wasn't even an hour or two later, I get another text from the same guy, still in Missouri, just outside of Branson, with this picture. He goes, I've just seen this car in another parking lot. A minivan, same queen, same wave. So I don't know what it is about folks who visit Branson, Missouri, just a lot of the royal family lovers down there and, and from all backgrounds. Like this, this van here has a uh, Bible verse on the back of it. That one's got Bob Ross on the gas tank. So I mean, lots of different people from lots of different walks of life, but all big fans of the queen. So uh, I think I might have to look out for that sticker for my car. But um, the reason we're talking about bumper stickers is because what I've come to notice is that there are some bumper stickers out there, some phrases, some fridge magnets, uh, maybe it's a, a, a picture on the wall, and uh, it's a wonderful phrase, and the, the, the words behind the phrase are great, but is it really biblical? Does it line up with what we believe as followers of Jesus? So for the last few weeks, we've been looking at a few different um, phrases, and we're going to look at another one this morning. And the question we keep asking ourselves throughout this season, or throughout this series, as we're looking at these phrases, is, is this phrase biblically sound, or does it just sound biblical? Is this phrase biblically sound, or does it just sound biblical? biblical, because some of the things we've been looking at, they kind of sound biblical, but when we looked at Scripture, we've tried to line up against the Bible itself, maybe it's not quite what the Bible teaches. And we look at one this morning that may well be familiar to many of you here this morning. This phrase we're going to look at today, this bumper sticker if you want, is God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves. You can see that there in the bottom corner, and uh, it's a phrase that we've heard very often. Um, I'm not going to embarrass anyone this morning by having you sh raise your hands, but uh, I wonder how many of you before just a few seconds ago figured that this was just a verse from the Bible, that this was just somewhere in the Bible. You wouldn't be alone if you thought that. Uh, I discovered just this week working on this message that there's a, uh, a Christian research group called the Barna Research Group and they did one of their studies and they found that this particular phrase, God helps those who help themselves, that seven out of 10 people that they polled assumed that this was a biblical verse. This verse could be found in the Bible. Now, 
And that's not a difficult mistake to make because it can be found in literature. It is a phrase that exists in literature. The first place we find it is actually 500 years before the birth of Jesus, 5 BC. And it was a Greek philosopher by the name of Aesop. And you may have heard of Aesop's fables. Well, in one of Aesop's fables, Hercules and the Wagoner, uh, he talks about the gods help those who help themselves. That's where that phrase kind of first crops up in history. The gods help those who help themselves. Then a couple of thousand years later, uh, on this side of the Atlantic, a guy by the name of Benjamin Franklin, he wrote uh, Paul Richard Almanac. And in that particular writing, you can see there, he says, God helps them that help themselves. So this phrase has appeared in works of literature over the years, but the one place it hasn't appeared is in the Bible. So before we decide and before we take a look at the Bible to see if it even lines up with what the Bible teaches, I thought I'd just take a moment here to say, well, why is it that this phrase kind of appeals to us? What is it about this phrase that when we read it, especially as followers of Jesus, why do we like the sound of this particular phrase, the sentiment behind this phrase? God helps those who help themselves. Well, I think the first reason is what it means for us individually, what it means for us personally. You see, we're Americans, okay? Well, some of us are British, but we're, we're kind of the same in Britain as well. We're Americans, and, and we like to, to have that idea that, you know what? I got this. I, I did this. We're a can-do people. We want to know that, that we figured this out ourselves. We didn't need any help. We got this done all by ourselves. And this, this part of who we are, this began at a very early age. In fact, it probably happens to you when you're in preschool even. Before uh, you even started attending school, just very soon after you learned to speak, you started to communicate very clearly to your parents, I don't need any help. I got this. Maybe one of you's run into this situation with your kids where it's time to, to get them dressed to go to church or to go to school and, and they're like, no, I want to dress myself. And you end up with something like this. <laughs> Sweetie, we can't go to church this morning in gloves and that hat. It's June, it's, July. it's the summer. Maybe when it comes to eating, I want to feed myself. I don't need any help, I got this. And your kid ends up looking something like this. Maybe there's a daughter who looks on at her mum, putting on her makeup and says, I want to do that. And I want to do it all by myself because I can do this. <laughs> Didn't have access to makeup, but had access to some Crayolas. So I can do this. If you are the parent of a child like that this morning, I'm afraid that it's going to be like this for at least another 18 years. Your kids are going to be like, I don't need any help. I want to do this all by myself. They'll be like this all the way through the age of 18 when it comes time to go to college and pay tuition. Then they'll be like looking for some more help. I think they'll be okay at that point. Say, no, 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 I, I don't mind getting a little bit of help now. But the reality is that's a part of us, isn't it? That, that, that part of us is like, I got this. I don't need any help. I want to be able to do this by myself. But I don't think it's just for us. I think another reason that sometimes this phrase, God helps those who help themselves, appeals to us. The idea, the sentiment behind the phrase, I think the reason it appeals to us is because of the impact it has on others. For us, but also for others. 
You see, I think there are some times where we believe that um, in saying this, we don't have to feel responsible then for helping others. God helps those who help themselves. It kind of lets us off the hook of having to help someone else in need. In fact, occasionally, we may even find ourselves saying this phrase, well, God helps those who help themselves out of frustration because we feel like people are being lazy or they're cheating the system or they're doing something and and we kind of use this idea to say, hey, God helps them to help themselves. But does this phrase even line up with what the Bible teaches? Is it biblically sound or does it just kind of sound biblical? Well, as far as what it means to us personally, I think we can find the answer here in a letter that a guy by the name of Paul, so in the New Testament after Jesus, this guy Paul, he writes a large part of the New Testament. He was a brand new follower of Jesus and he becomes this missionary who goes out to build a church in the the New Testament area. And one of the churches that he helps establish is a church in Rome. And he writes to these brand new followers of Jesus, the book of Romans. And, and he has to really explain some basics to them because they didn't have the history that the, that the Jews had. But God was still reaching these people in Rome. So, so Paul really kind of gets down to the basics. And in writing to the Romans, he says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He said, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he's writing to these people in Rome and he said, listen, you need to understand. You want to know who Jesus was, why he had to come? I'll tell you why. It's because while you were still sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God with this this sin in our lives, as long as it separated us from God, he needed to come up with a plan. So while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For us, Paul was trying to explain that no amount of doing good would restore that broken relationship between us and God. But because God loves us so much, he wouldn't allow it to just stay that way. So while we were still sinners, he came up with a plan. He found a way to help us when we couldn't help ourselves. In fact, I think the truth The real truth of this statement should be that God helps those who can't help themselves. That's what this verse is telling us. It's telling us that God helps those who can't help themselves. We we couldn't be good enough. We couldn't do enough good things to restore that relationship with God. So God helped us at a time that we couldn't help ourselves. One of Jesus' disciples, a guy by the name of John, he he explains what this means to him personally. He wrote a letter called 1 John. He wrote another two, 2 John, 3 John. But in 1 John, he, he explains what it means to receive that help from God. He said, this is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. He showed so much love in that he sacrificed his life for us. So the reality is, God helps those who help themselves. Every one of us, we needed some help in that area of our life. We needed God to help us. There was a limit to what we could do in our own strength. But it doesn't just affect us, it affects our attitude to others as well. As as we start to realize how much God has helped us, 
it should challenge us to say, well, now how can I help others? Maybe there are some people in my world, maybe there are some people around me who, because of a situation they find themselves in, they can't help themselves. And as a follower of Jesus, I can follow his example and maybe I can step in and help. See, I believe there are some people who, just because of the family they were born into, their financial situation, the country or the city that they were born in, basically the cards they were dealt in life, try as they might, they're facing an uphill climb that they just can't seem to get through. For some of them, it could be incredibly difficult. Some maybe even impossible. And to just look on and say, well, God helps them that help themselves. These could be people who are generally trying to, to get through, get out of the situation they find themselves in, but literally just need some help in that situation. And we've got a real practical way of illustrating that this morning. As you arrived this morning, you'd have walked through two amazing vehicles out there in the parking lot. They've got Dream Center written on the side. And some of you may be familiar with that organization right here in Peoria, Dream Center Peoria. For some of you this morning, this will be the first time you get to hear about what it is they do. But they're a wonderful, wonderful organization making a huge difference in the city of Peoria, especially in the area of some people who really are struggling with poverty, homelessness, situations in life, where try as they might, they actually need a little bit of help to get to the next step. So I've asked their director, Andy King, to come and join me this morning. We're going to hear a little bit about what Dream Center are up to. We're going to chat with each other. But for those of you who have not heard of the Dream Center, uh, here's their 2020 highlight video to let you know what they do. A lot happened in 2020, and your giving made a huge difference throughout Peoria. So here's a glimpse into what you did. We ended 2019 strong with the opening of our newly renovated, state-of-the-art, 24-7 homeless shelter, which each night we now see 60 to 100 of our homeless guests make their way to a warm, safe, and comfortable place. In the year, we served over 70,000 meals throughout all of our programs. Early February, we started meeting needs in the near North Valley, door to door, through here for good. And in late March, we saw hundreds of young ladies receive a free prom dress and accessories as volunteers poured out love at Promise of Hope. And then COVID hit and plans changed, but we were able to pivot and step into meeting needs like never before. The people we served faced new challenges and different needs appeared. But like Dream Center fashion, we heard the needs and we stepped right into them. We mobilized our youth department and volunteers into the homes of students as we brought meals and virtual school to students who would normally be struggling. We heard of families struggling to put food on the table, so we created food drop-off locations throughout the Peoria area, and you showed up. We were able to bless thousands of families with bags of groceries in their time of need. As public restrooms and local hygiene facilities all closed, we saw the homeless men in our city finding no place to shower. So we cleaned up the showers in our basement and each week we partnered with Jolt Street Team and Zion Coffee so that we worked together to shower, feed, clothe and even give haircuts to over 30 men each week. Backpack Peoria looked very different this year 
but through our drive-through backpack Peoria event, we still gave over 2,000 backpacks loaded with school supplies and uniforms. During the summer, after some restrictions had been lifted, we welcomed 50 students to our revised summer learning program. The job skills program also continued as best as we could with students fixing lawnmowers, building sheds, and even creating wooden American flag ornaments. And once the school session kicked back in in the fall, we continued to do school virtually for over 50 students. As the year went on, we also started to dream again. What if we could take elements of what we do at the Dream Center now onto the streets where people were herding? So in the fall, we launched DCP Mobile. DCP Mobile consists of four different vehicles. Vehicles like a mobile hair salon and barbershop, a mobile laundry truck with washers and dryers, a food truck where we'll be able to serve meals in the community, and even a four-unit shower and bathroom truck. These trucks and trailers will serve families in need and will also help the homeless who are crying out for help right here in the Peoria area. 2020 challenged us all, but Dream Center Peoria, with your help, continue to impact families living in poverty right here in the Peoria area. When you give of your time, your talent and treasure, this is what happens. We make a difference together. So this is my friend Andy King joining me here on the stage. He's the director of Dream Center Peoria. And uh, before he was ever the director of Dream Center Peoria, uh, we were friends from back in our England days together. Back in the early 90s, we uh, met each other for the first time back in England. He was the narrator of that story. So you probably heard from his accent. Another British guy up here on the stage. We're both going to get some of those Queen uh, pictures for our, uh, our cars and vans. It's great having a good British friend in the area. One of the drawbacks, though, is uh, because we kind of work closely with each other, and uh, we actually worked together for a while at the church in Peoria, um, people who don't see us very often or who know us both actually sometimes gets muddled up. So I'll be out and about sometimes, and people will come up to me and say, yeah, Andy! And I'll be like, no, Dave! And they'll be like, yeah, right, great things you do at the Dream Center. I'm like, nope, that's Andy. So um, so most of the time, I, I try and correct them. Sometimes I just kind of like, yeah, all right, see you. That ever happened to you at all? Oh, man. Are you, are you ready for a funny story? <laughs> so Dave went all manly on me and grew a beard. Mm -hmm. But before that... Right, he look, we do look a lot alike. In fact, his kids have even come up to me at times and said, hey, yeah, Dad, I'm like, yeah, no, wrong one. <laughs> but um, I, it was about a year ago. It was, uh, I had just finished cutting the lawn, so I looked terrible, right? And I had to run to the grocery store, get to Sam's, uh, and I needed to get into the refrigerator section. You know, at Sam's, they're like big walk-in areas. So as I come into the grocery area... And it is packed. There are people everywhere. I'm looking really bad. All of a sudden, this guy who is working the orange juice counter in between the fridge areas starts shouting across the room, Dave, Dave, connect church. How are you doing? <laughs> Dave. And I'm like, this guy's going all out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the point where I just had to go with it. 
So I'm like, ah, and I, I've got to go past this guy. So I get really close and he's like, Dave, how's the church going? We've seen it, uh, you know, it's making big news. How's things going? And I had just met with Dave weeks earlier and I'm like, it's going great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Because yeah. it is, right? <laughs> so this guy had got so, so invested into this conversation. I'm like, I can't back down. I have got to be Dave. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's great, great, great. Talk to him. And then I take off into the fridge area. I'm like, that was close. Okay. As I come out of the fridge area, the guy has come from behind the counter to in front of the counter. He's like, hey, Dave, Dave, come here, come here, come here, come here. Now, this guy, just to give you a bit of a story, him and his wife, who was girlfriend, used to go to the youth group at Faith Church, when me and Dave used to be there with Dave Murden and the group there, Justin and others. So that's how he knew us, right? He pulls me close, he goes, listen, listen, let's take a selfie. <laughs> I'm like, in my mind, I'm going, this isn't a good idea. I'm like, sure, yeah, yeah, because my wife's not gonna believe it that I get to take a picture with Dave Jane from Connect. So there I am, I'm thinking, I've just got to go all out, Dave. I stand next to him, I do the biggest Dave Jane grin I could, you know, like, <laughs> get this picture, and I'm out of there. I get to the car, my wife's in the car, I tell, I'm crying, just like, he took a picture, he thinks I'm Dave. I call Dave, I can hardly get the story out, because I'm laughing so much. Two days later, I get a Facebook message from the guy. <laughs> Hey, uh, I just want to apologize. I showed my picture to my wife and she goes, that's not Dave Jane, that's Andy King. <laughs> so we do get muddled up a little bit. And I love it, I love it. Because that's never happened to me to the point where it's like, gone beyond the point of no return where it's like, oh, I can't back down now. So, But that's twice he's told this story now. And did you, you catch that he, he had to emphasize that he went, he just cut the grass so he looked really rough. Like, why is that, why is that part of the story? How's that meant to make you look more like me, that you looked really they, rough? They, they knew it was yeah, you. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so... Andy, you are a director of the Dream Center. Uh, the highlight video didn't do justice to the amazing things that go on there every day, every week, month of the year. And uh, if you've heard of the Dream Center, you'll know they do an incredible amount of work uh, within the inner city, especially of Peoria. And in talking about this subject this morning, God helps those who help themselves. I've already touched on this. You know, that there could be a tendency sometimes for us to, to look on um, and, and use that as maybe an excuse to say, well, look at this person. If it, God helps helps them who help themselves, you know, so maybe somebody who's in poverty or homeless, and we can kind of almost be a little bit, and, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, you know, where it's like, well, if they would just figure it out, if they would just get a job, if they would just work a bit harder, you know, because God helps them that help themselves. You, I think we say that because we're not in that situation, and maybe because we don't know somebody personally who's in that situation, but you, you live day in, day out alongside people who are in these situations. Is it fair to say that? Tell us about what it's like for folks in that situation. It's not fair because, um, you know, for us, I mean, our organization, we touch a lot of different people. Our main goal, impact, yeah. vision is to impact families living in poverty, starting with kids and youth. So anything that we do... We're really trying to impact someone. Um, and so we have many different divisions. We have an after-school program with a trade school. 
uh, with motor mechanics and carpentry, trying to show kids a way out of poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have our mobile units that you'll see that we're really taking what we do at the Dream Center into the community. But one of our other main areas, and this is what I wanted to focus on, is our housing, DCP housing. So we have a homeless shelter that uh, any given night, uh, we have anywhere between 60 to 100 people living there. Most people have a preconceived concept of why people are homeless, mm -hmm. right? And you see the images, um, you know, if you look at images, for instance, in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. older guys, predominantly uh, intense, things like that. That's not our case. Mm -hmm. For us, folks who come to us are, have moved to Peoria for one of two reasons. Either they have moved to Peoria for a relationship, mm -hmm. a boyfriend, girlfriend type of situation, or they've moved to Peoria for a job. But what happens is, one of those two goes south. Either the relationship breaks down or they don't get the job or lose the job. But because they have moved from somewhere else to Peoria, they do not have that network. Right. Our homeless shelter, like I said, is 60 to 100 people. But the average age in our homeless shelter is nine years of age. So homelessness looks completely different. So when mom comes to town and she has left the network that she had in the other town to come to Peoria, when something like a relationship or a job goes south, she has no one to fall back on. And so we become that network. The Dream Center staff, the caseworkers, the counselors, the youth workers, we become the network to be able to try and help them get back on track. Gotcha. And you were telling me earlier that, I mean, some of these are even like legitimate like jobs with big companies, right? Absolutely. I mean, we literally have had everyone from CAT, people who work at CAT in our homeless shelter. Yeah. They live check to check. They get laid off, can't pay the mortgage. House goes to the bank. They're now on the streets. They're living in the shelter. But again, we are then able to help them get back on track. But literally, from cat down is, is where we're seeing people come to the homeless shelter. That's amazing. And um, we actually, the lady who's in charge of the homeless shelter on staff at Dream Center, her name's Christy. And Christy's a member of Connect. She lives here in Washington with her husband and family. And she's just brilliant. And what I love the most about Christy is, is her story. Absolutely. So years ago, she had to flee from an abusive relationship, an abusive husband, and for days with her kids was living in her car um, in a parking lot down in Peoria. And prior to it being the Dream Center, it was the YMCA, and, and they had a shelter. They took her in, and, and her life turned around. And now she's in charge of the homeless shelter. And I love that story because she speaks to these people saying, hey, I, I remember what that was like. I know that was what that was like. And these are people that you are helping and the people who support Dream Center are helping. So, so in some ways, because they've lost that network, because they've lost that connection, they literally can't help themselves. So you're able to step in and help them. 
And then, is that the end of the story? I mean, do you see that then launching them forward? Yeah, for us, the homeless shelter is just like the entryway into the Dream Center within that division. At the Dream Center, I don't know if you've seen our building in the video, you would have seen it. It's an eight-story building right downtown. The top three floors of the Dream Center have 21 apartments. They're one-bedroom to three-bedroom apartments. And for those individuals and families who want to take that next step of getting out of homelessness, then we can move them into an apartment. And with our social workers, our case workers, our counselors, our youth workers, we can then work with those individuals and families to get back into society. Mm. So within a year to 16 months, we see families leave the Dream Center, which is the goal. We don't want anyone living at the Dream Center forever. Mm -hmm. But here's the crazy thing. Because of all the grants and everything that we get, we have to keep close um, tabs on, on what's happening, right? 91% of all families who leave the Dream Center from our village never go back to homelessness. So awesome. And so that's the goal for us. It's not to have a cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not just to have a cool homeless shelter and, and really bring in dignity to people when they walk through the doors. We want to give them dignity as they walk out the doors as well. And so being able to really give them the structure to succeed as well as during all of this time with us presenting Jesus to them, yeah. that's the main goal for us. And so being able to help physically and spiritually is really the way that we feel that 91% comes into being. I love it. And I love that you guys are making a difference, but I also love that it's your faith in Christ, your organization's commitment to Christ that compels you to say, God's helped us. Now we want to be able to help others. Um, so last year was interesting because uh, the pandemic obviously affected all of us in many different ways, and it affected people in poverty, affected people in, uh, who were in situations of homelessness. Uh, so we, were, we got to hear about this vision of these mobile units, and uh, I know you, had, you told me you had a vision for it, but it kind of got ramped up because of COVID. So tell us about those mobile units, how you guys came up with the idea, what they do. Yeah, the aim was to take what we're doing uh, to areas of the city where people can't get to us. And here's the crazy thing. We had been looking at the mobile concept for the last two to three years. Last February, before COVID, our board had actually approved for us to move forward in getting mobile units. And, and the, the goal was at our end of year event, we would launch the idea. And then COVID hit. And we saw pockets of the homeless in our community that weren't getting showers. In fact, they were going into the Illinois River to bathe. Hmm. And so we felt there's no dignity in that. We've got to do something about it. So we talked to a few people and that's how we first got the shower truck. But then from there, people started hearing about the other things we were wanting to do, including Connect and the, and the laundry unit. We've also got the hair salon, which I know Dave will touch on. And then in three weeks, we get a food truck as well. And so we'll have four vehicles that will go into areas of the city, not just Peoria, throughout the region, and really try and be a blessing to people in those areas uh, and beyond. Yeah. So it's so cool because Dream Center is a nonprofit organization. They rely very heavily on donations and Christian organizations, other organizations that say, hey, we want to help make a difference. 
And I loved the story because Annie was saying, you know, they had this vision for these mobile units to go out into the area. But because of the pandemic, they literally had to move ahead with the vision before they really had the funds to do it, which is a huge step of faith when you're leading an organization. I mean, that's tens of thousands of dollars. But in his typical fashion, God came through and totally met their needs. So one of the dreams they had was for this salon, this, this truck that literally would pull up and folks could get their hair cut, could get their beards trimmed, that kind of thing. And uh, there's a young lady who's actually a member of Connect, Jessica Shoney, and she's a part of a, um, a, a company that works with beauty products and hair products, and uh, she had an opportunity to give, and she, uh, we found out at the Dream Center events back in the fall that her donation basically covered the cost. $30,000. $30,000. So her organization's donation. So... Um, so they shared that story. They shared about how another church had helped cover the cost of the shower truck, and they were sharing this. And, and in the course of this event, it was last October, it was here in, um, well, actually, it was all over the place. Because of COVID, they couldn't do their annual in-person fundraisers. They had these satellite events, and Connect Church was one of the host events. And here, we had a little meal together. We watched you on the screen coming live from Peoria. And uh, Andy shared about these mobile trucks, and he said, you know, we've got these dreams for, for two more, but we don't have the funds for them yet. Yet, but as soon as those funds come in, we're hoping to have a laundry truck and we're hoping to have the food truck. So it was just a few days later, a family from Connect, uh, not from this area originally, but uh, had not really heard of Dream Center, but were so moved by this event, this presentation. Uh, Dave and Kathy Matthews, a great couple who I think some of you may know, they came to me and said, hey, we want to make a donation. We want to make a donation to Connect, kind of to seed um, uh, an offering that we could then give to Dream Centers. They, they gave us a donation. That donation led to some more donations. And then we were able to look at our um, missions funds that if any of you have ever given at any point in any one of our offerings, every, every penny you give, we set some aside just to be able to help local organizations and to help churches locally and around the world. Um, so we were able to take some money from that fund as well. And when we put it all together, we, uh, we came up with a check that we're going to present to Dream Center this morning on behalf of Connect Church. Adler, you can just flip that right there for $20,000. Thank you. From Connect and... Uh, Andy knew about this uh, a few weeks ago because we wanted them to move forward as, as quickly as possible with the, the laundromat truck. So when you go outside today and look at those trucks, just know that you, you played a part. Connect, you watching online who give, you played a part in helping this dream continue. You, you helped some people who maybe couldn't help themselves. So we're so glad we got thank to you, do Dad. that. And thank you, everyone, for being a part of this as well. Brilliant. So would you thank Andy once more for uh, being with us here this morning? You know, I knew I was going to be talking about this particular bumper sticker, and uh, I was so glad that we could tie it together with this, this gift that we wanted to do for uh, Andy and the Dream Center. Um, stop and see those trucks on the way out. It really is incredible what they do and how they're able to help people in this community. And take a look at the, the laundry truck. He, he was even telling me there are some, some features within the truck that they'll show you when you go in there that are over and above what they wanted to be able to do, but they didn't think they could do because the finances weren't there. But now they've been able to get the, the right kind of machines uh, for a mobile unit. And it's just amazing what they're able to do.
But I read this verse earlier, written by this guy by the name of John, 1 John 3, 16. It says, this is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his love for us. That's 1 John 3, 16. That verse reminds us that God helped me when I couldn't help myself. God helped you when you couldn't help yourself. And because God helped us, John continues on with this thought in the next two verses. In verse 17, he says, this is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. My dear children, let's not talk about love. Let's practice real love. Now, I don't think God's love can ever disappear. But this verse from John, who lived alongside Jesus, it reminds us that that we're like a conduit, that God's love flows through us, flows into us, and then through us to others. God helps those who can't help themselves. Sometimes that's us in our relationship with God, recognizing that we need his help to have that relationship restored. But sometimes it's in others through us because we recognize that God has blessed us in such a way that we can help others. So I hope that you, as you see opportunities in the future, for God to use you to impact the life of someone else, to help someone else, you'll be reminded of how much God did for you and how much in turn you want to therefore do for others. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for such a wonderful group of people who call Connect Church their church home. Thank you for that spirit of generosity that we see time and time again that um, enables us to do things like we did this morning, this check we presented, Lord, to make a difference. God, thank you so much. We really could not do that if it wasn't for the, um, the great big hearts of people that call Connect Church their church home. There's a part of us, Lord, that independent spirit that wants to say, I don't need help. I want to do this all on my own. I want to figure this out. But the reality is, Lord, and it starts in our relationship with you, we have to be willing to humble ourselves sometimes and say, God, I I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need your help in this area of my life. And just like any father, any parent to a child, You love to hear that because you desire, you want to be there to help us. So Lord, help us lean into you when we need help. And help us to realize as well that you've equipped us to help others who maybe because of situations in their life that they have no control of are in need of just some extra help, some extra help to move them forward. And Lord, we may be the key to setting them free. Help us see those opportunities, Lord, and never pass them by. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.